Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, since his arrival in South Florida, Miami officially belongs to Lionel Messi. And in North American soccer, there has been no bigger storyline than Messi coming to Major League Soccer. But how has this move been received by the Argentinian media? We are going to chat now with Francisco Ore, who joins us from Buenos Aires, I, I love the background. You've got the Argentina kit, the World Cup trophy, the bucket hat, and can you sh- please reveal your mate in solidarity with our good friend Nico Cantor? <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, Hello, everyone. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Proper mate by Frank. Partners in mate. Yeah. Just in case you didn't exactly. believe us that uh, that Francisco is in Argentina. <laughs> okay, so as I said, yeah. we've been we have just been all over the this messy news, and it has been the biggest storyline. We cannot stop talking about it on this show for sure. But how how has this perception been in Argentina about Messi's landing spot in Miami? Oh, uh, it's been a it's been a massive trend. Miami is a city that is that has always been very connected with Argentina, and uh, for those people in Argentina who are able to travel abroad frequently, is one of the favorite destinations uh, for tourism, for beach, and uh, for shopping. So there was a big uh, uh, already a big connection between Argentina and Miami, and now after the World Cup, well. Um, uh, Argentinians will follow Messi everywhere. Uh, so if he had gone to Arabia or somewhere else, there would be massive groups of people. But if it's Miami, well, there's, there will be, it will be absolutely packed, as you all have already seen in these first days. Fran, I will welcome all Argentines to Miami. I'm, I'm the happiest one that Miami is yeah. suddenly getting <laughs> flooded by Argentines. I wanted to ask you about how Major League Soccer is being perceived over there amongst not only your colleagues, but maybe even your friends, Fran, because it's a complicated league to understand. It's not your typical setup. How curious are people in Argentina? Well, there is a sort of a a big uh, division between people who are very open to, to understand different competition systems because... Uh, there are people in Argentina that love NBA and love conferences and love n- have no relegations and promotions. But at the same time, they see this in football and, and, or soccer, call it the way you prefer, and they say, what is this? Come on. Uh, where, where are the relegations? Why is Inter Miami playing in the top division if, if they have been in last for such a long time? And, and, and it's difficult to, to, to put together all the people because... Some others are very open to say, okay, let's let's have a look at how is these formats and uh, the conferences and the playoffs and uh, yeah, they have no relegations and simply accept it. And uh, some others there are some purists that um, that that don't like that uh, that kind of competition, but still prefer to to sit and, and relax and enjoy Lionel Messi in this part of his career. 
Let me ask about the, the the sensibility of the fans. And you talked a little bit about, you know, sort of their, the difference of how MLS is structured. But specifically as a business, is there a sense of a missed opportunity within the fans of the Argentinian leagues that there could have possibly been a chance that Messi could have finished his career at a big club in Argentina, playing in Copa Libertadores or something of that nature. Is there a sense of that missed opportunity there? I don't, I, to be very honest, I, I could never reach a point in which I thought that uh, it was a realistic chance to have Lionel playing back in Argentina. I mean, it's a big wish and uh, he would be the best or the most important signing ever in Argentina history without a single doubt. I mean, Diego Maradona has returned to the country, Juan Román Riquelme has returned to the country, Ariel Ortega, um, loads of players, Juan Sebastián Verón, loads of big, big icons of the national team. But Messi would be on top of everything and on top of all of them by by a long, long distance. Um, so I don't I don't really think that he was actually ever close to to return to Argentina. Uh, what I don't what I think that uh, fans see as a missed opportunity is that perhaps they would have wished to see him playing uh, more time in Europe before um, going to another outskirt out outer league like the MLS, like Arabia or uh, or any other that is not a top league uh, in Europe. Perhaps. Messi's already scored three goals in 90 minutes. Is, is this a conversation that's been happening in Argentina that is that just Messi or is MLS not is, is it more talk about MLS and what the league is like? Is it going is he going to be able to do just walk all over this league? Well, I think that it's, it's been, I mean, everything done by Leo Messi can be labeled as magical. I mean, winning a game in the free, you know, with a free kick in the 90-something minutes, it's something that it's typical of Leo Messi's illusions and whatever he makes you think is possible. Um, I mean, uh, we have learned that uh, with Messi in the field, nothing, there is nothing impossible at all. So... At the same time, yeah, after, I would say that the game, and then the game against Atlanta United, it was the second part of your question, which was perhaps um, a bit more visible. That's the MLS, uh, perhaps it's not the strongest league he could play. And at, at the same time, we know that the, the MLS has done big improvements over the years uh, and slowly becoming a, a stronger league in the continents. And the, the, the players that are going to the MLS are no longer only over 35 players that are just going to finish their career, despite Leo is doing. Um, we know that there are some younger players that are moving, and that's enhancing and improving the league year after year. So it's a bit of I think the two games showed us the two kind of uh, realities or perspectives. Francisco, talk to me about just being a fan of Lionel Messi and getting to watch him play with that weight lifted off his shoulder, with joy and a smile on his face. What does that mean for you? It's something that a whole generation of Argentinians had never seen um, since his very first moments in his national in the national team. Remember that he entered the field in his debut for the senior national team, and he was sent off 30 seconds after. Um, so his his period in the national team was always, uh, of course, a big moments of big moments of joy, some really unforgettable moments, but at the same time, always a struggle and always the pressure of winning a big title. It was a little bit released after the Copa America with a big, big uh, part of, uh, of credit to Lionel Scaloni and all the players around him. But he finally was uh, able to be carried over by, by the others. And then after the World Cup, it was 
a different uh, another step. It was a complete new step for for Leo in the way he feels playing for uh, for Argentina. Would it be would it have been nice to see this earlier? Yeah, of course. I mean, it would ha it would have been massive to win the World Cup in Brazil in 2014 Ooh. or to reach farther <laughs> in Russia. Uh, Nico, I think you were there. Yeah, that was, that, Br that Brazil. Uh, a, let me tell you, Fran, it was Brazil. That should have been the World Cup that Argentina won. That one hurt. That one hurt. You just, you just, you just, you just took him to a dark yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, that one, man, that was really tough getting over. Oh, man, Nico. Yeah, more than an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> you know? Well, now, that, even, after, even after the World Cup in Qatar, I could never watch the final match again. Mm. Wow. I mean, my, my, my dad, may he rest in peace, always told me, why don't why do we sit together, have some mate, and watch the game? Oh, Dad, just just go ahead. I don't want to have a look at that again. And then he said, yeah, you know, it was the game. We did play well. So every, We did play well. Every we time did I heard something, play well. Yeah, we... Guys, you this won. Is, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. This is very triggering for Nico at this desk okay, right now. <laughs> exactly, it's there. Um, Francisco, I want to ask about uh, just the, the sort of awareness of Inter-Miami now in... Argentina, because when it was announced that Messi was coming to MLS and Inter Miami, I think their Instagram followers went up exponentially. They're, you know, well over like millions and millions yeah. of followers now. Are you starting to see, you know, Inter Miami kits, Messi Inter Miami kits in Buenos Aires and, and in Argentina? What has it done for the awareness of, of MLS and Inter Miami, just the league? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's massive. I mean, um, in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, it's very common that you go to the stores and you can buy the shirts, but also you walk down the street and you find the um, street sellers with, uh, with the replicas. And it's something really incredible because you, you go on the streets and you find the Argentina national team replica, the, the shirt uh, with the three stars. Next to it, the yellow and blue of Cristiano Ronaldo. And the red one, the um, pink one, sorry, from uh, from Leo Messi. It's a massive trend, and, and Argentinians like to simply climb over the passions and get into the mood of, of new passions. I mean, um, it happened uh, many times, and it, it, it happened this year in the United States also. Um, I, I know, well, this is CBS Sports Golazo, but uh, Nico knows I also work with motorsports, and in IndyCar we have an Argentinian driver also in, an, in a half-Argentinian team like Agustin Canapino. And the, it happened exactly the same. Huh. Motorsport is not as big as soccer, but having him in the, and the Juncos team and the Juncos Hollinger team made that everybody simply started watching and, and the series suddenly didn't have as many followers as, as the driver had. And now it's, it's something really similar that's hmm. bringing the most valuable player of all time into the MLS makes that everybody starts watching MLS and everybody starts getting interested just like we were talking previously, um, many people start studying about the competition formats and start to plan the fixtures. And when is Leo? We were we were <clears throat> waiting to see who would be the rivals, the next rivals for of Inter Miami in the in the League Cup because I think it's the first, it's the next fixture coming ahead before the, he, they start to play for the MLS. So everybody gets into the mood with uh, with with new trends and yeah, you go to the street. I'm sure if we walk together down the, near the downtown of Buenos Aires, we will see. Many kids already wearing the shirts and, um, and many street sellers. Just one more thing. Um, now that Barbie is so famous in the, <laughs> in the, in the cinemas, there are lots of people going with Inter-Miami shirts. A sea of yeah. pink. Oh, the cool. pink was yeah. smart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I swear. I haven't been. I haven't been. I am planning to go someday to, to go to go watch the movie. 
Um, I have a pink T-shirt uh, to, to, to wear, and uh, I'm sure that if I go and I take a picture with my phone in the, in the room, there will be loads of, uh, of, of Inter-Miami kids. We've got to send Fran an, an yeah. Inter-Miami kid to, to Buenos Aires. All right, final question. It's a little bit off topic, Fran, but you're a cultured guy. We have an ongoing, very controversial debate as to whether who is more known in the world. Messi, obviously, I think he is, but here they have slandered me because I said that Taylor Swift is pretty close to being up there with Messi as the, with some of the most known people in the world. And I know she has a concert in, in Buenos Aires, in El Monumental, and she's mm -hmm. done decently with, with the ticket prices. So where do you stand on who is more known in the world, Messi or Taylor Swift? I'm, uh, I have to say I have a huge respect for Taylor Swift and, and all her fans in our, in our country and in all the world, but um, it, can, it cannot happen that uh, if you are, for example, in a, in a very, very um, tiny country, in a very remote place, and you mention your country and you're Argentine, and they will say, Leo Messi. True. And it will know. not happen with, any, with anybody else in the world. We have so to see. We have to go to Fiji and say Tennessee. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they go tell Swift. Isn't that where she's from? <laughs> exactly. Like, where is that going? It is funny though, because when I was when I was abroad and I would tell people that I was from Chicago, they would go Michael Jordan. Ah, yeah. see, uh, it was go. that same kind of effect. Like that was how they <laughs> identified Chicago was yeah. with this athlete. So that's a very good point, yeah. Francisco. By um, the way, before before you say yeah. bye, I just want to make a note of, of what Fran does. He he's a broadcaster on the World Feed for the Argentine League that's on Paramount Plus and and Golazo Network. And, and one of the of, family. One of the very few bilingual journalists in in Argentina that, that speak great English and covers the the sport many sports in, in both languages, so a, a unicorn of yeah. some sense Amazing. in Argentina. Amazing. Yeah, very nice. Well, it was an honor to have you, Francisco. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and chat with us today. Oh, it was all, the honor was all mine, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, let's keep following Leo Messi in the MLS. A big yeah. hug to everybody from Buenos Aires, and thanks a lot. Let's go. We're going nice. to get you a pink kit very soon, I promise. <laughs> All right, guys, we are Thank going you. to take a break. Um, we are just over a week from the start of the Premier League season, so we've been diving into some team previews. We're looking ahead to Newcastle season after the break. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we are just over a week away from the start of the Premier League season. Hard to believe, but we've been looking at the outlooks for some of the teams that finished in the top six. And today we are focusing on one of the surprises, I would say, from last season. Newcastle United, who finished in fourth after what was a great 22-23 campaign. Um, what Eddie Howe has done with this side is nothing short of remarkable. They will be playing in Champions League for the first time in 20 wow. years. My fiance is a massive Newcastle fan, and he still he can't really quite believe it. His, one of his older brothers is a random story. Was in 
the UK when he was a kid and brought him back a Newcastle kit. Yeah. And I that was that. it. It was just, it wasn't anything. I love anything, these origin stories. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that. anything terribly specific. It wasn't a player. It was just but his brother is, had brought him back this gift. And so he was a Newcastle But it fan. is very specific to him. And I think that that is yeah. like a cool story. But the, he is, he's so used to this sort of long-suffering Newcastle fan. And they had been in, the, in danger of, of rele being relegated when Eddie Howe took over. And now for them to have such a remarkable season last year, to be playing in Champions League, um, I, the excitement around this club is is palpable, but there's also this sense of like, it's can they continue? Can can what? this can this success continue? Um, but also, remember when Piff took over, there was this idea that like they're just gonna go by. I remember the memes of like yeah, you know the Bobby FIFA, Ronaldo, Bobby Messi, Ronaldo, everyone yeah, on the team. Yeah. They seem to have done that with their own league. But they this for <laughs> Newcastle, it's been slow. It's been methodical. It's been smart, and that's a word that no one had really thought was mm -hmm. going to be used. Some of the purchases they've made, some of the players they've brought in, some of the players. I mean, there were some signings like a Chris Wood, for instance, where I'm like, what exactly are you trying to do? But I, I kind of gotten to the point where I trust Eddie Howe. I mean, you're seeing some of these uh, transfers in and out. Um, I think last season in particular, uh, seeing Isak come in from uh, Real Sociedad. <gasps> what a special what a, player he was. For a lot of money. A lot of for money. For a lot but, of money, like 80 but million. He was, but he was rumored with a lot of bigger clubs, in particular Arsenal. There was, there was uh, talks of him possibly going to United. So for them to scoop everyone and get him, when there were questions about whether he would be a, right, a good signing mm -hmm. or be able to play at this level at, at the, um, in the Premier League, and for him to be as influential as he was. And don't forget, he also, Eddie Howe has also turned around some players that were, looked like they were on their way out. In particular, Miguel Almiron, who never really got going under Eddie Howe. Yeah. He's been Go a revelation. Exploded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking back to the Manchester City days when they got bought out by UAE, and they didn't become this global power overnight. I remember back in the day when they still had this mix of a team. They were much better than previously, but they still had... Robinho was the big signing, I remember. And then, but Steven Ireland, Craig Bellamy, uh, they weren't, so, like, out of this world no. strong like, like they are now. So this turnover from Newcastle, we're seeing it in real time. It's not going to become star-studded from one season to the next. Now it's two seasons under the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, but that's where we're headed. And the, um, the, their purchasing power is incredible, and that's why I don't think it's fair to equate the expectation to the price that they can pay, because Isak was 80 million pounds, and that's relatively close to what Jack Grealish went for just because he's not English. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was this this microscope on him to see how he performed. In fact, I, I think after his injuries, he, he came back and he contributed a decent amount. But Tonali also is, is in that price range. And it's like, I, I, I don't know if anybody in the world would have paid 80 million or whatever it was for, for Tonali, but they can. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing. It just seems like there's the coaching, the buy-in of this squad. They drew 14 times last year, mm -hmm. and they only lost five. And the, the five they lost, Liverpool, Manchester City, Aston Villa, and Arsenal. Liverpool wow. twice. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, only you're only losing to the, the big dogs. I think that that 14 draws is not replicable. 
they, they're clearly a good defensive team, but can they turn some of those draws into wins? That's the big question going into this season. You have to capitalize in a couple more of those games. And I think when, yeah, I, when you look at the, the back line, you know, you think about the guys that are, you know, a lot of these guys are getting getting older. I still think that they're going to be a really good team, but to your point, it's like, is that is that sustainable? The other, I think the key piece for them is Guimaraes because when he, he missed, I think, six yeah. matches last year, and I don't think they won a single match that he would, did not oh, wow. play. They maybe drew one of them. They drew one, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they, they, they did not win well, without him yeah. on Eddie the field. Howe is going to have to figure out how to put this puzzle together yeah. because you have not only uh, Tonali, but mm -hmm. you have Bruno, Joelinton is in the mix. Another uh, player whose career he changed around. Joel yeah, Lincoln. definitely. And then there's just Willock as well in the midfield. Longstaff is gone now, so you have a little give and take. Who am I missing? Uh, Gordon. Mm -hmm. uh, He's got you have a decent pieces in the Sven midfield. Sven Bachman, only 23 years old, was a standout defender last season. What a great piece that no one ever talks about. Sven Bachman is a, absolutely that incredible. Line, the most out of so many players. Yes. Yeah. The, that back line. The, the, I think one of the reasons for Newcastle's success is the consistency of the back line. Mm -hmm. And going into the next season, it's going to be the same in, in, in Pope with, with Trippier, Shar, Botman, and yep. Dan Burns. Yeah. Are they still a top four team for yes. you this season? Yeah. Yes. They're they're right there on the edge. Uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see how they balance. Starting with four and five, mm -hmm. I think. Let's see how they balance the, two, the, the, the European competition now with True. their Premier League season. Yeah. Being in Champions League is going to be a huge. Lot. And they're not going to get yeah. easier to beat. They got Tonali. They were very tough to beat last season. I think it's going to be very difficult to consider them not in the, at least in the top five, but I yeah. think they'll be and in the top four. A chance for Eddie Stock to even, Eddie Howe, to push his stock even further. Because Absolutely. If he shows that he, again, can take this team to the top four finish and compete, and compete in, in Champions, Champions League. League. If he I mean, does, he will be Eddie Stock at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I love it. Um, all right, guys. Ha Eddie Howe. <laughs> I love this. Eddie Howe High. She got some bits in here. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Um, we are chatting some Copa Libertadores when we return. Welcome back. Copa Libertadores round of 16 kicked off yesterday. Here's a look at the results and the upcoming fixtures today. Argentina's juniors draw 1-1 with Fluminense. Bolivar win 3-1 against Atletico Perenense. Uh, River get the 2-1 win over Inter. And then later today, we've got Deportiva Pereira versus Independiente. Uh, Nacional versus Boca. And Atletico Minero versus Palmeiras. So let's chat uh, a little River. Yeah. It's Inter with the 2-1 win, which is what you expected, Nico. Um, yes, but not in the fashion that it happened. Okay. Inter of Porto Alegre have a pretty star-started lineup with the starting goalkeeper of the Uruguay national team, uh, uh, a former Argentine international in Gabi Mercado. Muslera? Uh, no, Rochet. Oh, Rochet. Yeah, Sergio Rochet started at, at the last World Cup over mm -hmm. Muslera, actually, yeah. who's going to play today on Paramount Plus for Galatasaray yeah, in right. the <laughs> Champions League qualifier. That's why I was like, wait, when did he get um, transferred? <laughs> yeah, um, but they have Charles Sarangis from Chile, stalwart in the midfield, uh, paired along with Johnny Cardoso. They've got uh, De Pena on the right, a uh, Uruguayan, and then a uh, strong Brazilian talent out on, on the left. Ener Valencia finally scored up top. But it's like a lot of bark, no bite. Mm. But at the very end of the first half, off of a set piece, River was giving up a lot of fouls. Inter goes up 1-0. So then the Michelis made a sub. What had happened was they 
took out um, Enzo Perez, Argentine, former Argentine international, and slotted Nico de la Cruz, a very good player, into the midfield out from wide, right? And they put in this kid called Pablo Solari uh, in, and he tore it up. He torched Inter, who weren't able really to get a grip in the second half. Rochet pulled off some big saves, and, and Solari scored the two goals that, uh, that, that put the, the first leg away, and it's, a, it's an important lead to take to Brazil mm-hmm. next week. Yeah, big result for them, and um, also a big night for you. I know you said that you were going to be paying attention to this yes, uh, Boca Nacional match, and you're not going to watch Miami versus Orlando, but what is the, what's the outlook for this game? What are you hoping for from Boca? Yeah, Inter Miami is going to have to take a back seat. Maybe I'll watch it afterwards okay. on tape delay. Um, I'm sure you will. I, I eventually am going to watch it, yeah. Uh, Boca, Boca obviously is the favorite, has traveled to Montevideo to play Nacional, which is one of the two most historic teams in Uruguay. They're usually not as strong. Boca has a, a lot of firepower here, um, especially with uh, new acquisitions in Luca Hanson, who's, who's going to play up top. Cavani hasn't traveled, obviously. He's not ready yet, but Blondel as well, new right back. So Boca has picked and choose a little bit to solidify their lineup. So it, it's an important, at, at least I, I would be fine with, with a draw, but almost expect... Boca to win this. And these are, Copa Libertadores. Are these Copa two legs? Two legs. These are two legs. No away goals. Okay. Except for the final. They scrapped the two legs in the oh. final. Interesting. I don't like yeah. that when they do that. Cavani is not traveling. When are they expecting him to be Maybe, ready? Maybe second leg. I'm not sure. I don't think so. The Argentine League stopped already. There was it, This last weekend was the last um, match day. So the League Cup picks up. Look I'm pretty that. sure it wasn't this weekend. It's going to wow. be the following. So there's a nice week of recovery for the Argentine teams playing Copa what Libertadores. What gave you more feels? Cavani's arrival at Boca or Messi at, at Miami? No, I feel like this is a big few weeks like Zorro, for this, yeah. is, this is wild. If anything's going to equate to <laughs> Messi arriving to Miami, it was Tevez going back to, to Boca. Cavani has always kind of flirted with Boca, but now it's a reality, and uh, hopefully he's climbing on, on the fences behind the Are you like scoring. What is your excitement level about Cavani joining Boca? I, there's a lot of expectation. I'm very excited mm-hmm. because he can either fulfill, but he's in that age range where he might not be as dynamic or uh, determinant as he was. But if you look at it for what it is, he is one of the top active goal scorers in the entire world showing up mm-hmm. to Boca. I mean, who has more goals right now actively than Cavani? Suarez, Messi, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an elite list. Zlatan, but he's not, he retired now. Uh, Harry Kane, Lewandowski, Benzema. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's about I don't know. Company. I'm trying to think of other players that are up <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> it's insane. I'm happy for you. I hope it all works out exactly the way you want it to, Nico. (laughs) Hey, guys, new show alert. You can now watch Attacking Third every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern right here on the Galazzo Network. Join Jenny Chu, Jordan, Angeli as they break down everything regarding the women's game. It is a fantastic show, and you all are killing it every week. We love it. Jenny Chu, you've got some headlines. Who's on the show with you today? Uh, Jordan, Jordan. Angeli. 
uh, Lisa Carlton and Darian Jenkins. It's going to be a great show. Carlin. <laughs> Lisa's last name is Carlin. I've been struggling since she, well, she, she got married. She got married, married. And, she got and, married and, she and I keep missing it. it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's going to be an amazing show, especially with all the results today. We're Please tune in. Oh, it's yes. going to be awesome. And lots, lots to There is all over League Cup. Have you guys caught her on League Cup? She's in a commercial. Yeah, she's it, a it's like the commercial that comes up at halftime every yeah. single time. I was like, you're wow. a model. Pretty cool. Yeah, she is a model. She's yeah. killing it. I mean, Absolutely crushing. All right, let me get to these headlines and then make sure you guys tune into Attacking Third today at 4 p.m. Uh, over in Barcelona news, Barcelona head coach Xavi Hernandez said he is disappointed with Usman Dembele after confirming the forward told him he wants to join PSG. Barca and PSG remain in talks over the breakdown of the fee after PSG did not trigger Dembele's release clause. Dembele did not feature in Barcelona's preseason match yesterday against Milan. Heading over to Brazil, former Tottenham winger Lucas Mora is set to sign with Sao Paulo with a deal set until December 2023, according to multiple reports. Lucas Mora will return to the club where he made his professional debut and where he won the club's only Copa Sudamericana back in 2012. Lucas is one of the club's latest signings after officially adding James Rodriguez a couple days ago. According to multiple reports, legendary Italian goalkeeper Gigi Buffon is retiring from soccer, with an official announcement expected soon. Widely recognized as one of the best goalkeepers to ever play the game, Buffon began his career with Parma, making his Serie A debut in 1995. He made a name for himself with Juventus, spending 19 of his 28 professional seasons with the Serie A club. The beloved goalkeeper won numerous trophies in his storied career, including 10 Serie A titles, a Ligue 1 title, and also helped Italy win the 2006 World Cup. And staying in goalkeeper news, Brentford goalkeeper David Raya has reportedly agreed personal terms with Arsenal, which would keep him in the Premier League to compete for the number one spot with Aaron Ramsdale. Raya featured in all 38 Premier League matches last season for Brentford, but was not included in their squad for the last two Premier League Summer Series matches for the Bees. In MLS news, multiple reports indicate that Argentine midfielder Maxi Morales will return to NYCFC after having his contract terminated with Racing Club just before their start of their round of 16 Copa Libertadores matches. Morales spent six seasons with NYCFC, appearing in just under 200 matches and was a key member to their 2021 MLS Cup title. Those were today's headlines. We'll have more Morning Footy when we return. Welcome back. Groups G and F concluded group play today. Let's get to the highlights, starting with Argentina taking on Sweden, picking up in the 66th minute. Could you play a better performance? What a cross. San Diego wave with the perfect ball in there. Gave Sweden the 1-0 lead there. And then in the 89th minute, Rebecca Blomkvist gets taken down in the box. Look at this. Beautiful open field tackle. (laughs) Wrong sport. And there you go. Sweden would win this one 2-0. All right, let's move it along to South Africa taking on Italy. And this... This was a wild game. Wild game. Tied at 2-2. And then... What a touch. 90 second minute. Oh, oh and she passed it. And Katlana, she is just on a tear for this South African team. Oh, she plays the the her race in the finish. Look and she that. does her classic <gasps> celebration that afterwards. Was, that was risky. I have goosebumps all over my body. Look First at this. This ever is the for final standings the for Cup. Group G. Sweden and South Africa are going through. This, I mean, what a story. It's just. Incredible. They went down South Africa. I mean, they went up in both of their first group games. They went up a goal. Couldn't hold the lead. Ended up losing one to Sweden and drawing the other one. Here they go down, and they manage away in in the la- in extra time mm-hmm. to win. 
just the celebrations have been impeccable out of this World Cup to see them in the locker room. I know we saw it earlier, but just makes you so happy for these women. For Comebol, um, Argentina's out, Brazil's out. Mm -hmm. Colombia is the only, only one. Only one. <gasps> wow. Oh my goodness. Right, no Peru, no Bolivia, no Venezuela, I just can't no believe Brazil Chile, is out. Uruguay. It's crazy. Wow. It's a tough one. That's crazy. All right, well, should we get to Group F highlights? Yes. Let's do it. We'll start with <laughs> Panama, France. We'll pick things up. The, the scoring started early, and Panama Look got on the front foot here. Kick. What? Sleep <laughs> on Marta Cox. Wow. That is one of the goals we're going to remember from this tournament. Unbelievable. Oh, what a shame. You know what's impressive about this? Well, one for France, that they got Diani on the board twice. Oh. That one Thanks off the crossbar. <laughs> Incredible. But Panama really gave them a run for their money. They did. I know this is going to go down as a big, big win for France. Uh, but come on, Panama scored three times. Let's At go, Panama. Times. Let's go, Panama. All right, here we go. This is Jamaica and Brazil. Tamiras has been so good for Brazil on that left side, crossing again here to Ari Borges, who early in the tournament was putting that away. And here they switch it. It's now Tamiras beyond the back line. But Spencer and goal has been good throughout the whole entire mm -hmm. tournament. And really, this Jamaica squad, look at Dort Lauren Donaldson <laughs> on the ground. It's incredible. I, I just, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh that is a That's going to be a passing of the torch wow. there. Jamaica becomes the first Caribbean team to qualify for the knockout stages in the Women's Unbelievable. World Cup. Absolutely Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Can we, well, they, just, they deserve that. Can That's we take a, a minute hard to group. honor Marta, though? Because only a minute. I mean, I know, I know, I know. We're just we're running out of time, but it's just, it is such an end of an era, and what she has done for for the women's game and just her her spirit, the fact that she was playing in her sixth World Cup. Boy, did I want her to get that goal, um, but just such a such a prominent figure. It, it's just it's going to be really sad to. Did mm -hmm. not see her out on the pitch in a, mm. in a World Cup. I think anymore. there will be a lot of time to talk about Marta's effect and, and inspiration yeah. for everyone. But right now, this is Jamaica's time, bro. There was yeah. one player, I can't remember who it was, was looking at the crowd. She said, I told you so. I told you so. Uh, and that, she was probably talking to her own federation that she, mm -hmm. had to, she, had to, she had to fight her own federation just to get for this whole team, just to get to this World Cup and to qualify for the, for the knockoff stages. Absolutely incredible. But Shouts to the Reggae I'm girls. I'm going to bring that back to Marta and how, much, how many times she has stepped up and yeah, those yes. types of things. Facts. You know, she's really set the tone. And I, I do think this is the coolest thing for Jamaica. Oh, they have proved amazing. over the last few years how they are continuing to in increase in their status in the world. But um, I got to play against Marta. Wow. I have a wow. picture of me yeah, you did, defending Marta. I might have gotten megged after it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. that will be something. That you're the only one, you're the only one on this table. Yeah, I got megged by Marta. That. Um, I got megged yeah. by Marta. She, Marta actually said, Marta said something so important. She best. said she's really excited for Maxi Morales to come back to NYCFC. <laughs> and so you had to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a look at your, your footy fix. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Jordan, Angeli, thank you so much for joining us Thanks at for the desk. Me, guys. We'll see you on Attacking Third later. Guys, we'll see you tomorrow.